Hello and welcome to episode nine of season one with myself, Liv West and Hannah. We still haven't worked out how to intro ourselves properly, but also, it's great. Live and Hammy forever. Oh, live and live and Hammy, live and Hammy forever <laughs> and ever and ever till I die. Um, but although we haven't finessed the intro, we have finessed a great podcast if I say so myself yeah and a great guest today exactly you're getting me right to it we've been really excited about this one and it is literally I would like to say um I do genuinely think I manifested this one you did you did because this guest in particular has honestly been on our board of guest options since we started the podcast and I for some reason had it in my head that I don't know she, she looks like a busy lady she probably wouldn't reply to little old Liv well, I emailed and look who I've got. I've got Sarah Aquasombi here with Hi. us. Oh, I like the woo It's like yeah, the slow sorry. clap. Yeah, the awkward slow clap. <laughs> but we love you, you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Thank you so on. much. You Fine. are, of course, um, business owner, entrepreneur, Sunday Times bestseller. Get ready. I'm ready. Woo! Oh, I'm so glad you got it. <laughs> we love it. We've just wrapped it Good. up. Good. So, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks. Um, it's funny you say about the podcast because um, I'm quite picky about what podcasts I do, firstly, but okay. I just kind of like the vibe that you guys were on. And also, it's not that deep is like my personal mantra, and it has been for like the last kind of year. <laughs> and so when you said, oh, this is a podcast and it's called It's Not That Deep, I was like, oh, well, this is meant to be. What a small world. What a small world. Yeah, because we actually yeah. saw it. We will get onto that. Yeah, but we did see say... your, your lovely merch the other day. Yeah, we no. Like, exactly. What the fuck? This is such a small world. I meant to say it to you over email and then I thought I'll save it for the podcast. No, it's perfect. And it looks like we've got similar necklaces on, just saying. I oh, mean, no. yeah. I don't know if we're... I need to know, actually, before we get anywhere, because you give me really strong Capricorn energy. What star no. sign are you? Gemini. Oh, my gosh! I'm a Gemini. When's your birthday? June 17th. I'm June the 18th. Ah, oh, wow. yeah. Also, I don't, I don't know about you, but I feel like Geminis just have such bad rep. Like, people just Do don't like Geminis. Well, Two sides, right? People yeah. think we're a bit like a uh, split personality, which I think is probably quite oh, true. true. I have like two different energies a lot of the time. It's like a two, you can get me on one day and I'll be one person and get me on another day, I'll be a different person. Also Emma Chamberlain, who's like my favorite YouTuber, she's also Gemini and she was just saying how like, people think we're two-faced, but we're not two-faced. If I don't like someone for the sake of like the social situation, I'll just be nice to them. Mm-hmm. Not to ruin it, to, like mm-hmm. to not kill the vibe, but like if I don't really rate you, like I'll still be nice to you, but it doesn't mean I'm too faced. I just don't want to ruin the social situation. Yeah, that sounds I think really it's bad. Like an energy thing, like you can kind of, I think it's about holding two different energies or like kind of, mm. you know, having a really like out there side and then a more like introspective side. I think that's what it is. And I think sometimes it's like, as a Gemini, I feel like they live in conflict like internally quite a lot so I feel like we're always like mm. internally conflicted about who we're going to be each day do you know who's a fellow Gemini who's born on June 19th who Boris Johnson oh. <laughs> oh. But, you know, I share my birthday with Kendrick Lamar so I know he's you share your birthday with Tupac I know mate same energies <laughs> same energies going on here I feel like this means we're destined for greatness if we have the birthdays that oh, exactly it's, it's surely going to be a great conversation but um we've spoke about lots of things on this podcast down to the female persona in music with Rachel grief 
vulnerability, micro dicks. Spirituality. Spirituality, literally everything and anything. Um, so today we are actually going to talk with Sarah about business, specifically with women and how mm. women view money and their mindset. But before we get into it, through our podcast tradition, as always, because we're still fucking annoyed about something, <laughs> um, we're going to get into our pet peeves. So, Hannah, you've got the hot seat today. You're going to be pet peeve first. I feel like Sarah should go first as our guest. No, you can't pass it on to her. I can't. Okay, okay. I actually don't have a pet peeve today. What can I... Um, <gasps> wait, wait, let me, let me really think about this. I think... Oh, no, 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 I got one. I know it's lockdown right now and all people are doing is like ordering food. So like restaurants are under pressure. I get mm -hmm. it. But every time I get a takeaway, I get one like probably every Friday every single time something is missing mm. and you just feel like such a dick call them up like, hey, you didn't bring my garlic bread. And they're like, it's not that deep. And I'm like, no, I was really looking forward <laughs> to that garlic bread. No, I actually really want that. Yeah, I yeah. get that. Like yeah, last night I ordered like pasta and then it was like garlic bread and then we all got like a dessert, but we just got the pasta and the dessert and it was just, just like not enough. Like, but I also, I know restaurant workers, I know you're under a lot of pressure. Like I don't want to be a dick, but it happened. Like it's happened just multiple times now. And you just saw it out. Yeah. Yeah. And also give me a full refund if it doesn't come. Like, I don't want to just get the refund for the food that's not there. But also that's really <laughs> I bad. Seeing, I keep seeing these things on Twitter, you know, like when they complain to delivery or whatever and they're like, oh, my Coke didn't come or whatever. And they're like, send us a picture of the missing <laughs> item. And it's just all these people like taking a picture of like their empty hands. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. But. No, that's brilliant. Sarah, you are up next, pet peeve. Well, it's funny you say we're going to talk about business and money because mm. I think mine is, you know, when you go to a place and they're like cash only. Yeah. Yes. Literally, it's 2021. Like if you're cash only, you're just going to drive me crazy because I never have any cash on me. So yeah, also COVID times, we live in a cashless society now. Right. I think it's, I can't even get into that. That's another. I still like paying by cash though. It's always quite satisfying. I feel like actually I've got the perfect amount. I like um, the feeling of it and I like, but it's ultimately pointless. No, I know. It really is. It really is. It makes no sense. My pet peeves. Makes I feel like our pet peeves are really, um, what's the word today? Um, Particular? Strange. We'll go strange. <laughs> like they're, they're not as aggy today. They're a bit more calm. Um, okay. My pet peeve today is my fucking stomach because I'm literally going to rip it out in any second. Um, I've, I've got the shits. <laughs> no, I don't have the shits, but I'm constantly feeling like I'm going to shit myself and it's really annoying. <laughs> So I've obviously got a bundle of problems. Um, depression and OCD, they sit in a really fine box and they're really comfortable in that box and they don't tend to come out. Whereas my anxiety, that little mm. arsehole really loves to jump out the box and continually literally. ruins my life. And it really fucks up your stomach. Like. And it, Why does it do that? I don't get it. It's, I know they say that your stomach is like linked. your second brain or whatever. <laughs> But what a load of shit. And I'm fed up of feeling like I'm going to shit all the time. You know what cracks me up? People, I feel like I've never met someone, not saying you have a, a dairy intolerance, but I've never met someone with dairy intolerance that takes it seriously. They'll always eat like a mac and cheese and they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm intolerant. But oh well. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'll be paying for that later. <laughs> <laughs> but they always do that. So strange. Let's actually just yeah, get, into, get it. into it. I think I think you need to lead this because... Hannah ended up being your number one fan after the book. Honestly, Aww. I love self-help books. And also I think it really made me think about my relationship with money is very 
flawed and very like linked to like my cultural backgrounds. And the thing we love the most about your book is it's called The Money Is Coming. And Liv and I constantly say the Millie is coming. That's it's, like our mantra. Yeah, we're which like, is so funny. We're gonna make the Millie for mum one day. One day. So we just, I don't know, I just, I just feel like it's so perfect that you're here and your whole journey is so interesting. So I don't know if you wanted to give a bit of background about how you got to write in the book, how it led to like the journey of manifesting money and just a bit of context around yeah. that. Yeah, sure. So. Uh, I've kind of always been like quite entrepreneurial and like business minded and like always been quite interested in making money <clears throat> and I think I got so I'd always read like self-help books and stuff like that but like it, it just you know like sometimes you feel like you're reading it but it's not really actually like you're like I'm still dealing with these problems so mm-hmm. um, I kind of always thought like oh by the time I turn 30 I will have like made a million pounds and got this in the bank and have X, Y, Z, Z, Z. And I think then when I got to 30 and I was still in like, not a bad financial situation, but like nowhere near where I wanted to be. I think I was just like, oh man, I need to like actually, you know, sometimes you have those moments where you're like, okay, so this is clearly me (laughs) and I need to uh, work out what's going on. (laughs) So I sought out like a um, money like a money mindset coach and I ended up working with this lady called Jen who's amazing and I've I've been working with her ever since and we've done lots of stuff together I talk about her in the book quite a lot yeah and um yeah like over the process of about like 18 months two years I'd say like just a lot of the stuff that we were talking about and kind of working on like really started to I think it was just the final bit I needed to like shift some of these like crappy kind of money habits or money beliefs or just open up my mind to like new possibilities because I think the thing with um money is whatever our situation is it's very hard to think that a different money situation is a reality like we'll look at someone on a yacht and be like well I just can't even like understand what that life you know then talk about I was listening to something this morning they were talking about how much money like uh Jeff Bezos has and it was like you know a hundred and whatever billion and I was just I can't even like begin there's that theory like if you want to make the same amount of money as Jeff Bezos you've got to work every day for a hundred thousand years and save every single penny you ever make to get the same money as him people share that on social media I'm like this is so depressing like who wants to look at this but you would if you were doing like a job in McDonald's or something (laughs) but also I guess it that leads kind of straight into one of the main topics that I found so interesting from the book was that mm. how you talk about how we culture you talk yeah. about the four major factors of um your influences on your money mindset and it was like your friends family culture media and media yes media, yeah. and the two that I found really interesting family is very much obvious and friends as well but the culture and media was really interesting especially when you break down the media stereotypes, which I think we could definitely talk about. But for me, culture, when you actually put it black and white, like you say, as although we associate ourselves with our heritage as well, we are British people, we live in the UK, and the the culture here is very much not to talk about money. It's uncouth, it's not... um, it's not smart. It's, it's stigmatized. Yeah. You look like you're uh, greedy. Bragging yeah, and all of that. And I think it's just so interesting when... Even now, not that I'm a preacher and I'm not you, Sarah, but even when you're saying about Jeff, I'm like in our heads, I'm like, we shouldn't be thinking and bothering about what Jeff's got. Who gives a fuck about Jeff? (laughs) 
What's Liv and Hannah got? Also, Je- Jeff's got? work you know I mean? and earned his money. I think the main concept at the beginning when you talk about unlearning how we see people with money, that really hit me so hard because I feel like I've always been, I'm half French, half Indian. So my mom's really ingrained into me that like money is stability and you need to, when you make money, you need to save it and you need to spend it on like a house or you have to spend it on like something that will help your future, not like clothes or like, anything that's superficial so when I had a stage in my life where I'd spend money and I'd feel so guilty I'd be mm-hmm. like I don't deserve to buy these trainers I don't deserve to book this holiday I don't deserve to even spend money on a night out because yeah. it's not beneficial to my future it's not causing that stability for my future life and I think like reading your book made me realize how much I've come on my money journey but how much more I have to go yeah I think like the thing with England well not England you know the UK in general is like everything you said but then I think there's also this kind of weird like undercurrent of well it's not even an undercurrent we'll all be like yeah like we want to support the underdog until they are successful and then we just want to like shit all over them yeah (laughs) um and I think that's a very odd mentality and I think like the UK is just still like so it still has that whole class system like really entrenched like in and you know if you've come from nothing and made loads of money you're still not massively like accepted Mm. like and it's still like yeah you've got to be humble and you've got to like give it all away and da 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 and it's just a very different mentality to like say somewhere like the states which obviously has like a completely different outlook to money and it's all about like the american dream and like making something for nothing Mm -hmm. because they don't have like the class system in the same way mm-hmm. so but I think it is changing like there's a lot of younger generations who are a bit more um open-minded about money the conversations are like happening especially in the like female community I think like a lot of women are starting to be like actually yeah like let's start talking about money but there is still a lot of talking about it in the way of how should we invest or how should we be sensible and how should we make sure that women get ahead financially, which is very important. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's still a little bit of a like stigma around, like if you talk about how much you're trying to make or, Oh, I just made this or I'm buying this thing because I'm really proud of myself. There's still a bit of like, hate. Mm. It's stereotypical, isn't it? It's just, it's always the way. And I think, I think what's really important is that you take it back to basics, like you said, about unlearning those kind of money mindsets. But talking of basics with the book, maybe if we take it back and let's pretend that none of our listeners have read the book, what is, what was the... Because they probably haven't. They probably have. But they should. And also listen to the audiobook. I listened to the audiobook as well and I really liked no, it. No, Sarah, I'm not even chatting shit. They probably have. <laughs> I've seen this book so many times before I connected the dots because I was following you. I don't know how I was following you. Oh, I'm oh on the just Instagram, you know what it's like. And then I was I like... I mean, I see it. I see people sharing it and reading it, but I'm like, it's probably just me noticing it. Is anyone actually reading it? <laughs> no. Well, I guess that's a good one. How do you... Because you are so strong and that's one reason why... I really wanted to have you on because, like I said, we'll go back to the book in a sec. But for me, there's something um, very prominent in my life, which is like you're saying about your heritage. Um, For me, obviously, the class system is a really big thing. Both my parents literally grew up in a council estate and made their own Mm. money. Mum hasn't exactly made money. She's just comfortable, you know. Mm. Um, And it's like, how do you change those kind of... um, inflictions of of money and the mindset that you have 
when you are from a lower class, not only from a lower class, but also as a female or as mm. someone that associates themselves with, um, you know, a minority group? How do how yeah. do we start to unlearn that? That's what I just find so intriguing. I just I wondered if, if you can. I don't know if you should try and change it, and I don't know if you should even like try and unlearn it. I think it's more just about becoming aware of it. So like, you know, self-awareness is always like the first step in changing any kind of behavior, right? You've got to know what you're doing or know what you're thinking. And I think it's more about instead of like trying to shun like where you're from or change it or go like, oh, this isn't beneficial to me. It's just more about like, okay, so what about my background and growing up and like potentially the class I was born into or the culture I was born into? What, what is the mindset that I've been conditioned into as a result of that mm. and is it serving me right now for where I want to go to and I think that's all it is is just like being aware of it and if you're like well actually no because everyone around me is really suspicious of people with money or as you said like I've been made to feel bad spending anything on myself you can just take those bits and work on those bits but there'll be loads of good stuff like your mum going I'll be sensible with your money like do sensible things so you've got security that's not bad conditioning like that's good conditioning mm. so it's just about going where am I at what have I what beliefs have I inherited what have I been conditioned into and like which bits are actually working for me now and where I want to go I love that's that. it you haven't got to like try and change anything particularly just, or like look you know you haven't got to like delete it <laughs> no it's like developing and, and working with that I guess kind of actually yeah. one thing that you talk about is kind of laying it all out on the table what are the what are the thoughts that your parents have inflicted on you what are the thoughts you see from the media how do we go from that which I think is really interesting but yeah if we can just go back like I said and assume that <laughs> no one's read the book we're all in this boring old world about Sarah Aquasombie where did the book I guess come from from within your journey because you speak really openly about your transition with your money mindset yeah so I think it it came so I wrote the book uh not last year the year before so I wrote it in 2019 um and it was obviously published last year so by 2019 I'd sort of got to the point where I had like a six-figure business I was like paying myself more than I have done like ever I'd bought like the house that I wanted you know I'd always wanted to buy and so I'd got to a point where I kind of felt like I've achieved like a lot of the things that I wasn't even sure whether I'd ever achieve in like my lifetime mm. and I knew that it was a result a direct result of just this like mindset shifting and just working on it so it kind of seemed like the right time to do it. But it's so funny because even since then, I feel like I've gone through a whole other like cycle since mm. then where I've just like learned and developed it even more. Mm. And where, you know, people read that book and they go, oh, she must never worry about money and she must never feel stressed about money. And then it's like all it takes is me to go through another situation that's like even more heightened, even more serious to go oh shit there's still some stuff like bubbling under the surface that I still actually need to work on that is all the things I talk about but you kind of deal with one layer of it and then you realize there's like even more layers but the point is like I'm aware of it and I'm getting to it but I feel like I could write a whole other like book now do you know what I mean on like the second layer yeah. of like 
the money is coming it's like well what about when the money goes what do you do then like, yeah, what do know. we what is the next because you are writing another book aren't you yeah that- well I've been asked to do like a proposal for another okay. book and I've got I've got an idea for that one which I sort of started doing but then like just to be real like my mental health over the last like six months has just been so up and down mm-hmm. that I kind of just am a bit like hasty about hasty <laughs> hesitant, hesitant about um committing to anything so mm-hmm. I kind of keep like starting ideas and then being like oh let me just chill I don't know I don't know right now if I could deal with like the pressure of writing mm-hmm. another book like it's quite a lot you talk a lot about in the book about challenges and like doing the first step and the first step of you like getting a book deal and writing a book how hard was it to write a book like how long did it take you because <laughs> I've always wanted to write a book but I feel like I'm the same I'm like do I have the mental capacity yeah to do it energy well, yeah of course you do because you can write it in your way and you write it about something that you're excited about right so mm. it's not like you wouldn't be able to do it but I think it's like for me it was like that feeling of like being back in school and like having deadlines and having people like waiting on you for things. Mm. And sometimes you can't be like that creative or that free flowing when it's like, Oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to set this time to write when it's like, I might not even feel like writing that day. Yeah. So I would say it's, it's not the actual writing of the content is really easy, but getting into the headspace each day of like, right, I'm going to write for four hours today. is like, I just find myself like faffing around doing like any other thing that I could possibly do so I crammed it in like the last two weeks of the deadline I mean <laughs> that's, like, that's literally how isn't I that work. human nature like you're going to leave everything to the last minute to do something but if you have a deadline it's just like human nature everyone yeah does it. you always do yeah. but just to point out for our listeners as well Sarah you say that you're faffing about you've also got two kids as well you're a wife you're a yeah. mother like it's honestly incredible and I guess that's one thing that I really struggle with personally and on a on a deep level I always get concerned that as a woman I can't have it all as in I Mm. can't have this big career that I really want and I will always chase but I also have such a like family instinct uh, maternal instinct I should say and I just really do want that but to be able to Mm. see someone you know even you say um in the book look for look for examples look for real examples if you can't kind of shift that mindset and you're in in my eyes genuinely one of that one of those examples where I can see a strong woman that's got the business she's got the the home that she wanted and also that was so beautiful to hear that you actually bought the home the like road behind the house you grew up right that is honestly my dream there's this (laughs) one road in my area and it's fucking nuts like it's nuts and I'm always like I would just buy a house there not because I want to live in Woodford for the rest of my life, but just because what an achievement to be able to be like, I used to drive past that every day. So I just don't know how you physically and mentally find the time to do everything (laughs) you do. It's incredible. Okay, so what I would say is like, you have to partner up with someone who gets your vision and who is going to support well you too but also like romantic oh okay in terms of like (laughs) you know family wise like the reason why I can do so much and why I have so much like flexibility is because my husband's not fucking chauvinistic in any sense Mm. of the word he's not like egotistical Mm. he feels no way about the fact that I'm the person at the front of the business like doing this doing that getting all the 
shine or whatever like he he's just like totally fine with it like he doesn't want to be like front and center and he doesn't find it any kind of threat to his like masculinity mm-hmm. whereas like I look at other guys and I'm like mm-hmm. like you could not ever deal with that so and if I had ended up with like that person it would be a very different story so I think it's really important who you end up like settling down with which is such a cringy thing to say but <laughs> I think that's very important and that they understand like where you want to go and that you're not going to have to play like second fiddle because what you said about oh it's not that usual to see women well it's not because we're still like kind of doing the majority of like the domestic stuff and like whereas actually like my husband probably does more of that like he does more of like sorting the kids out making sure they're going here there and everywhere like and he's more on it with all the kind of behind the scenes stuff mm. so yeah I think th- I mean that's the only reason I would put it down to do you know what I mean mm. I don't have more hours in the day than anyone else mm. I have childcare. <laughs> like you know, I don't have when we had the two kids at home like throughout lockdown obviously mm. that was like really stressful because if you want to you know you've got to be real like if you want to do these things you need childcare, and sometimes yeah. people can't afford that or yeah. like there's so much that goes into it you know like my situation is going to be different to someone else's so that's such a good point though Liv because I feel like for women it's kind of like when you have children that's like your career is on hold or Mm. it's going to go backwards because you have children now so yeah like you're like a perfect example of someone who's just broken through that stereotype yeah I think for me reading the book as well I think I just feel like it helped not just the money aspects of my life it was like enlightening to so many different aspects of my life a big part of it is like your your journey with spirituality so I was wondering if you wanted to tell us about that because we think we're really you're holding a rose quartz aren't you or is it yeah no sorry (laughs) no I could notice it I see that's so cool she's beautiful I mean yeah where do I begin I've always kind of been interested in it like when I was younger like like I got into computers and stuff because I was like making like witchcraft websites when I was like I watched the craft and basically was like I'm a witch now um have you guys ever seen that or are you too young oh I don't think I've seen it I'd love Hocus Pocus oh oh my god you guys have to watch it it's like this typical American like teenage high school movie with these four girls and they decide they're going to be witches and they do all this spell and it's just fucking great and so I was like right I'm a witch now I'm gonna make all these websites about witchcraft and what were the uh web urls do you have have funky (laughs) urls oh they won't even it's like that is we're talking like 25 years ago, guys. Okay. Like this is <laughs> it was like witchesforyou.com. Yeah. <laughs> witches every day. Witchcraft. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. So I've always kind of been into it and like, you know, different aspects of so things like the more witchy stuff, then like Buddhism, I've really mm. like had an interest in. Um, not so much like typical religion, like that we would see as like typical religions. But I'm always just kind of open to like, oh, there's something else out there. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't think it's a man in the sky. Like, I think there's just something out there that kind of puts you into the right path when you need it. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, maybe that's just us and our intuition. I don't know. Mm. But um, I've always kind of been into it in different ways. And I think then, you know, there's just different things that happen in your life where you have to go back to it. And I've had like the last year for me has been crazy. Like last year, I was literally on this mission to like make a million pounds and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, go, 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 go. Like really like basically burnt myself out at the end of it. Right. (laughs) Amongst a load of other shit. Um, 
but I think the re I look back on it and I'm kind of like, yeah, I think I sort of lost my spiritual practices, like in the busyness of it. And also in the frantic panic of like, oh my God, we're in a lockdown. Like, what is this? Is the world going to end? Like, am I never going to be able, you know, just internal panic. And I look back and I'm kind of like, I wasn't doing any of my spiritual practices. I wasn't like taking any time for myself. I wasn't listening to my inner thoughts. I w I'm really into like Oracle cards and tarot cards and crystals. And, and I just wasn't doing any of that because I was so busy and caught up. And I really feel like as a result of that, like my life like literally blew up in a bad way, <laughs> like in a good way and then a very bad way. Mm -hmm. And it's like after that situation, like kind of coming back to all of it, like even more so than ever as like a preventative like thing to that shit ever happening again. And I just really, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe in. It's like, just find something that works for you. Agreed. We're witches as well, aren't we, you live? Yeah. Yeah. I'm self-declared. Yeah, me too. I think everyone, like nowadays, I'm like, do you ever meet a woman who's not really a witch? But you know what? Like, we have magic powers. Right? Like, Honestly, the shit you can manifest or like the things that can happen and the, the women are just so complex and um, multifaceted. I think we're pretty fucking amazing. I know. I completely agree. But you know what's so funny? What I was thinking about is that every single, basically I was thinking about when I was looking at the show plan and you would put in about the spirituality with Sarah, I thought, oh, Jesus Christ, our listeners are honestly going to think <laughs> that we're like just here to advocate the universe, the law of attraction and moonology, like honestly, because all everything. who cares, even if they do? Look, people believe it or they don't. I'm right. like, you know, like I, I literally I had this um, <laughs> journalist the other day who's writing a piece about fuck knows what. And he was like, <laughs> oh, uh, we want you to, you know, people are saying that your money and manifesting course is, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, yeah. a cock of shit. Basically. Yeah. And he was like, I need you to like, tell me why it's worth people's money, what exactly you teach in it. And I'm like, well, if I was going to tell you that, then why would I not pay for it firstly? Right. And I was just like, dude, I'm not going to sit here and try and like defend it. I'm like, you either get it and you're interested in it or you don't. It's a belief system. And if you don't believe in something, you will find your brain will find evidence to not True. believe it. True. The same way as I talk about in the book, confirmation bias. If you believe in something or power of belief, you will start seeing it working for you. Right. That's it. So I'm like, there's no point in me sitting here going, it's like someone going to an atheist, like, no, Jesus is real. He is real. He did part the seas. He, <laughs> if you don't believe it, you're just- You're never going to see it. That, by the way, because I don't understand religion at all. So sorry if it wasn't Jesus that parted the seas. Oh no, it was Moses. It was Moses. It's totally fine. Oh, sorry, see. Totally fine. See. I went to a Catholic school and I had to think for a second then. <laughs> you're like, no, sorry, Moses. Um, <laughs> the Indian person got it right. Like, you, know, <laughs> you can't convince someone to believe something if they don't if they've already decided they don't believe yeah. it that's the end of it but it's so interesting because all of our guests have all been obviously women but they've all mm. also associated with themselves that level of spirituality and that level of belief and I think it just made it really hit hit me today when I was looking at it and I thought mm. wow how incredible that each one of us that we've had on all of it inspiring to us and each of us have that common thread and we're seeing it working for ourselves and we're seeing yeah. the benefits. 
But this is why, um, so coming out of all this madness, like last year, I started another business, which is uh, called Boss Magic. And it's all about like magical shit, basically, like crystals and oracle cards and, you know, all the bits and bobs that you would like need to indulge in these things, right? Mm. And the whole reason I did it is because I was like, we're so bit like especially entrepreneurs and people that work for yourself right it's like we're so busy we're so on our own all the time that it's so easy to like fall out of alignment with these practices and so I wanted to kind of just create something that really like merged those two worlds and talked about spirituality in like a more accessible way and just kind of like why you know being a business owner and then being spiritual like aren't two different things like it's not two different worlds they can collide Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the whole ethos of it is just to like find the middle ground what I found so interesting is when you talk about uh people who do your course the manifesting money course and you you say you have evidence of this people will start finding money once they start doing Mm. your course and I literally tell everyone like I'm manifesting money right now and I think it's I think it's crazy I guess it's like the universe giving you a little sign like you're doing the right thing and yeah I'm defo a massive believer like destiny and fate like we're all here for a purpose and like the bigger journey and Mm. I think Mm. for me one of my personal favorite bits of your book was the bit on perspective and when you were saying that once you realize that everyone's perspective is their truth you realize it just like it was a bit Their like map. yeah it was like an oh my god moment like yeah, me too. your perspective is always going to be your perspective and it's what you're going to believe but people aren't necessarily going to see that and everyone has their own way of seeing the world right. i don't believe in like there's i don't believe in binary options like i don't believe that there's good or bad or you know like someone sent me some comment this morning and it was like a oh, blah 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 like do the right thing i saw or whatever. that and i, I was that. i was like what's the right thing mm. like the right mm. thing to might be completely different yeah. to me it's the same, you know people just hold different views and everything's like on a spectrum and I just think you can't social media and like the internet just makes it so easy to judge people on these very like it's either this or that yeah if you once wrote a tweet 10 years ago that was homophobic there's no way that you can be reformed now right. and it's like of course like people learn people change they t- have conversations with people and they understand where they went wrong like do we not believe that people can evolve and grow like it's Mm -hmm. just not that black and white and I think a lot of people just don't that that I think that knowing that things aren't black and white is a bit scary for people because then they're like where do I place that then what what happens here if like so it's easier to just put things in boxes isn't it yeah I would say for people like that, think about Jay-Z. Like he cheated on Beyonce, but he did therapy. He redempted, he fixed himself. Like yeah. you can always, cancel culture is toxic and it yeah, should not be a thing. It is, it is really toxic. It's really bad. And I'm so glad that people are starting to kind of have that conversation this year. I mm. think like, you know, everything that happened last year in terms of like the kind of um, social movements like had to happen. And I think it's so good that now the conversation's now getting into the bit of like, okay, so how do we make it that we can have these conversations without like canceling people? But there's still a lot of people that, you know, they'll say that, oh, I'm not for cancel culture. And then you see them talking about it again the next day. Yeah. There's a lot of virtue signaling going on, isn't there? (laughs) Do you get get backlash? Do you ever have to deal with that? Yeah, like all the time. (laughs) Like I never, I never really used to, or I didn't realize that I had it. Mm. So I was kind of like in this bubble of like, oh, everybody likes what I do and what I say. (laughs) 
or, or, you know, if they don't, they're kind of just thinking it quietly. And then I sort of realised that there were these like really fucked up corners of the internet, like particularly just dedicated to chatting shit about me. And I was mm. like, oh, <laughs> oh, not everybody does like me, actually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not easy. It's it's tough. And I think it gets in your head no matter like mm. how strong you are, you know. My friend always says, if you don't have haters, you ain't popping. Oh. So it means you're popping. I mean, I think that's true. I think it's like, it's so funny because um, I literally manifested it. Like I made some stupid comment or I put on my stories like a couple of years ago, like, oh, well, no, I've made it when I've got like gossip hate threads about me. And then like within six months, there were gossip hate threads about me. And I was like, no, no words are so that. powerful. It was a joke. You know? <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that. Don't um, listen to me right now. But I think it is true, like, because obviously, you know, people are going to start congregating once you get to a certain level of success or you start talking about your success, mm-hmm. which comes back to what you were saying at the beginning. And I found very much for me that it was like, as soon as I really started talking, like, as soon as I moved into my new house, basically, I just saw the tide sort of start to turn. Like a lot of support still, like, don't Mm. get me wrong. Like a lot of people are genuinely like, oh, this is sick. Like we love what you're doing. We love the journey. And I have so much love for those people because I know how easy it is to just hate instead. Mm -hmm. But I did notice that as soon as we kind of moved into our new house and we got like a Tesla and like all this and just, I just was like, "Mm -hmm, now the time. And then we went into lockdown. So, you know, people are in a really fucking hard spot right now. Right. A lot of people, a lot of people have also done really well. (laughs) So, you know, there's just, I think, yeah. (laughs) I think that's I could in- talk about that all day. <laughs> no, I find that so interesting, honestly, because I've been listening to um, another podcast, God forbid, I'm actually Trailer. plugging another one. Um, it's not the first time as well. <laughs> I know, I've do- I do this all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, this podcast I was listening to. This podcast I was listening to is called Expanded and it's with this woman called Lacey Phillips. Don't know if you know of her, but no. she is fucking insane. She's so, so cool. She's very mystical. She talks about a lot of things. Um, but she talks a lot about your mindsets with money. Um, she talks about, honestly, loads of stuff. But the main thing she also talks about is kind of understanding your emotions. And she talks about envy and jealousy. And I'd never mm. really looked at them as two separate things because they are. And that's what she breaks down. So with you, for example, people aren't envious. They start off envious, right? So envy comes, both of them come from lack. So it's a lack mindset, like you talk about the abundance mm. mindset and the lack mindset. With envy, you start with the lack. So they're they're looking at you, they're envious of you because you're showing them what they could have. So in like wow. Gen Z kind of layman's terms, let's say um, you, you really keep seeing me doing these TikTok dances and you're <laughs> like, oh my God, TikTok's so shit. TikTok's so lame, like what a loser. But you keep looking at my posts and my TikToks and it gets you riled because you're seeing something in me that that you don't have, which is the courage. And that's the difference. You're not sitting there thinking, I really want to learn those dance moves. I really want to fucking get on TikTok. You're just looking at that thinking, but well, she just looks like an idiot. But really (laughs) you're thinking, wow, she's got some balls. Whereas Mm -hmm. jealousy in layman's terms is like when you think that you're obsessing over your boyfriend potentially cheating on you with this person or that they might love this other person. But actually, 
the problem isn't there. And that's why jealousy comes out because you're obs- you can't obsess about him not being there because he's still actually there. So you put all your attention into something that you are quote jealous of. So mm. I just find that so interesting when you're talking about the, sh- the tide shifting because I could just imagine it. I can just see it. And I, I think about that sometimes if I was, I mean, I need to start preaching what you say and saying what I want. So when I get to that place where I feel like I'm successful um, presenting and doing what I do in music, I can imagine that change in Tide as well because it turns from envy to jealousy. Yeah, and I think it's... Or it just turns from, you know, supporting the underdog to, like, actually, Mm. let's put them down. Let's take them down a peg or two. Oh, they've got a bit arrogant or, you know, what they perceive to be arrogance, but they've seen 15 seconds of your day, like... I think it's just it's a weird feeling because um it's getting used to that different energy that's out there and also when I'm I'm you know as I've been saying like big on energy and spiritual stuff so like knowing that there's people out there who are like kind of actively pushing like bad energy Mm. or like jealousy envy whatever it is like your way I'm literally like ah like I don't want I don't want it in my space and so it's, it's an interesting thing to get your head around and it's been a lot. And, you know, I'm not going to say like I've nailed it by any means. Like it really gets to me a lot mm. of the time. Um, and I think the problem with a lot of this stuff online with like hatred and stuff is like they can make it sound like they have a very like righteous cause. And then you kind of go, oh, my God, have they got a point? Like, you know, it starts making you like question the reality sometimes because they're so like headstrong in the hatred that it's like kind of they they make it they that you know because they genuinely believe they're in the right again this is the perception thing I'm not saying like they're doing it like you know because it I think to say oh it's jealousy or it's envy or whatever is too much of a simplification because I don't think that they think that. They think they're doing the right thing. Mm. And they build a narrative that people can just like quickly follow. Also, a lot of people follow it and don't really know all the facts as well. That's what social right. media is all about. It's about that's jump, kind of what on. Sarah did in the comment. Back, and I looked at yeah. that comment because I saw it as well. And I think it was great that you even spoke back and kind of said what you said, which was, what is the right thing? Because what's right to me is going to be right, wrong to you, clearly, quite clearly. Mm-hmm. Um mm. So, yeah, it's just that, and I love that, that you say exactly that, the map of this world. Do, do you know what I mean? It's all our different perspectives. Um, yeah. What? No one, like, is doing stuff because they're like, I intend to be a shit person today. <laughs> like, they're doing it because somewhere in their head it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when we cancel someone, it makes sense to us. We're like, well, they should not be allowed to keep doing this. Like, right. we're not cancelling. We're um, holding them accountable. Like, this is the other thing that people say. We're not cancelling you. We're just holding you accountable. But it's it's really tricky, you know. It's the same way, like, uh, this is a weird analogy, but you know how, like, um, terrorists and, like, jihadis and stuff, like, will go and commit these what we see as like awful fucking crimes but obviously to them it makes sense otherwise they wouldn't be doing it like and again I know it's like an oversimplification but I don't think anyone goes out being like I'm gonna be a really shitty person today yeah it's just like their understanding and if we can start to understand each other more and how each other think then we might get somewhere you're so right I think what would be nice before we wrap up 
because we're sadly coming to the end uh, every time. Um, and I did say, Sarah, that I literally would love, um, I feel like you need to be on for like a whole fucking takeover. Yeah, because, maybe come in to the studio. Yeah, that would be the dream. Um, or we, we come to record at your insane outhouse. I said to Sarah in the, in the email, I was like, I'm fucking obsessed with that outhouse. I just wanted to, I only wanted her on so that I could get another angle of it. And a new, we've got I'll a new a sofa by the looks of it. Yeah, the sofa's I'll, I'll amazing. I'll do the tour when we're finished. Oh, so, but yeah, talking of spirituality, talking of business, talking about all of us being very open. And I really just want to say, I really actually, as I've said before, really respect your transparency and saying to us, to people that you don't know, that, you know, your mental health hasn't always been the greatest mm. in the last six months. I think that's so brave. But it is the spring equinox today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that means that life is starting up again. We don't have to feel like we're in the 2020 hangover anymore. And I thought all of us, each one of us, all have to choose one thing that they would like to pinpoint as something that they're going to put into the energies of the world. Of course, we're not technically manifesting right now because we haven't done all sorts of things and whatnot. But I think what, that's all you got to do is just think about it. Put the intention exactly. out. Exactly. So I think it would be nice to start... And I was thinking, and at first, I'll be honest, right? I thought about it, because obviously this is my idea. Hannah's looking at me like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> what's she going to say? Yeah. Um, I want to hear what you're going to say. So I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? I know. And it came to me. It actually came to me. And usually, I usually think, oh, I want to be doing this TV show or I want to make 50 grand salary or whatever it is. But today, I was like, I genuinely want to be able to log on to our links that we use and see a hundred thousand uh, listeners a month. Ah! <laughs> That's so brazen. I, yeah, I feel like mine was quite selfish. Now, now I think about it. Oh, no. You're like, I just want a bag. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say yours, Sarah? I think mine. Um, it's funny because mine have all gone from being quite materialistic and like things mm. to just how I want to feel, just because mm. of like what's been going on. So I think at the moment I had this like realization in the shower the other day, of course, the shower Obviously. where I was like, I don't think I'm going to move on to the next stage of like making money until I can really like deeply appreciate what I've already got. Because I think I've always been so like, go, 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 go. Next thing, next thing. Nothing's ever enough that I feel like was the universe just being like, no, Sarah, you're not fucking appreciating any of this. So now I'm going to like rip it all apart yeah. and now you can learn so I feel like for me it's like I just really want to start feeling that and learning that and appreciating what I've got because I think as a result of doing that better things will come I love that that's beautiful that is so beautiful my one okay, on then, when you first said it yeah I was like I just really want to get a six pack this year <laughs> that's great yeah I've been trying to get I in shape but it's also like I <laughs> just want to wrong I also want that <laughs> I just want to I just realized looking after your body looking after like just looking after your body and mind is something that I want to do and just being able to be unapologetically myself is something that I want to get to this year I back that too I back that one too but I really like that thank you for asking us to that's do that. okay guys I hope everyone has a fucking lovely spring equinox <laughs> Um, I'm right, just go forth and put your intentions out to the world. Oh, mate, that's exactly what I'm going to do after this. Oh, talking of that, my dad's just text me. Oops. The one that gave me so much trauma. <laughs> Anyways, it's time to end the podcast. Oh, 
No. He's like, I just did my best. Yeah, no, he's probably, yeah, oh God. Also, it wouldn't, be another, episode, it wouldn't be another episode if we didn't mention our dads and daddy issues. So or it's something. Just, it's just that, our brands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your dads love listening to this podcast. Are they like on the other side of it going, fucking hell, girls? Like, yeah, no, I wish they would. Because yeah, my dad will never what's listen. Going on. Exactly. <laughs> he has no idea it exists. But Sarah, it was honestly a dream having you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for joining us and chatting with us and just bossing it. And we can't wait for the next book that comes out, whatever you move on to do. It'll we'll be, be in like 10 years time when I can be bothered. <laughs> well, we'll be there 10 years down the line. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. But thank you so All right, much. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you.